0: Welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week, we finally wrap up the season. Sean joins us for a chat, we answer your questions, and we discuss the future. I'm Pete, and I'm joined by Luke, Josh, and Morrow. Lads, lads, lads. Howdy. Good evening. Good to see you, boys. It's good to be back. It's been a little bit of a break, and I missed you guys.
1: Like what is it? Three weeks
2: after grand final for now? Yeah, thereabouts.
3: Yeah, Only two and a half weeks.
2: Yeah, it's uh, Ryan Grant's nipple goal. Nipple goal. <laughs> the nipple goal. Um, but
3: still, there's actually positivity in the room. It feels. Cool. Yeah, it was
1: kind of weird. It was. It, it was cool. a bit of a. It was a bit of a. The uh, the season just came to like an abrupt end, and then we were like, oh, I guess we should do another pod because there is a fair bit going on.
2: Finishing off the season with a win obviously added to so that little bit of positivity and then mm. the weeks following with the, the new ownership situation and everything that we discuss with Sean, which you will hear later on.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting times over the next few weeks and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to come out as uh, as the ownership situation continues to evolve. But let's get right into it with Fred's question. So who is our player of the season? Um, Fred picked uh, Bearers. Now, I know in our last podcast we discussed doing maybe a 3-2-1 and um, you guys have had plenty of time to think about it. Um, so let's kick things off with you, Luke. Uh, I think I will... With three being the best and, and you know, three <coughs> three points, two points, one point yes. sort of thing.
1: Yeah. I'm going to give my 3 to Ziggy. wasn't perfect. Uh, changed positions around a couple of times, which probably made things a little bit harder for him. I, f- I preferred him in the middle... Uh, Than to playing right back, but I think he held his own out there. I, I'm I'm more of a giving him my three based on um, you know the majority of his performances, but also just because of he seems like a top bloke, so he gets my three points for the top bloke award and also playing <laughs> all right, and just uh, just because I think he's um, I think he's embraced the club, he's embraced all the fans really well. Absolutely. Um, all signs point to him staying next season, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I think he gets my three um, based on uh, on the field and off the field. I'm going to give my two to Nisbet. Um, I'm obviously a big fan of Josh Nisbet, as most people know. Um, probably gets the two for uh, for sort of a breakthrough, sort of a season. I guess I think he showed a number of times when he come off the bench how he can change a game and we saw when we had um, certain other players on the pitch, um, except for him, uh, how much we do miss him when he is on the field. So he gets my two, pretty comfortably. I'll give my one to Birgitte. Um, Saved us a number of times. Um, so look, I do hope he stays. Um, it'll, it'll be, we've shown recently Uh, how much we struggle when we don't have a good keeper and we still got the spoon with a good keeper. So (laughs) it would have been a lot worse um, if we had somebody else in goal. So he gets my one. Um, I will give him one criticism, so please don't block me again on Twitter. He is a very good shot stopper, but my critique would be he's quite poor playing out from the back. So if we can work on that during the off-season, please, Beers.
0: <laughs> you want to just take him out to Baker Park? And I'll take
1: him down there, mate. I'll show him how it's done. Um, I'll keep him away from the Housing Commission there. Uh, and, yeah, he might get the three next season. You never know. That's my challenge to Beers.
2: Good. Josh? I'd give my three to Ziggy as well. I think he probably he started off the season average, I would say, as a criticism. But I think he sort of played his way into form. I think in the second half of the season, especially post COVID, I thought he was one of our best players for sure and um, definitely our best defender. Um, Number two, I'd probably say Birras was pretty, you know, it it was finally we had a solid keeper, you know, like Luke just mentioned about his distribution. I would agree a little bit with that, but he in front of like stopping goals, then anyone was better than Ben Kennedy from season before. And I would have to say one—it's a toss-up between probably Nisbet and Milan. You got to pick one. You got to pick one. Um, I'll have to say—I'll have to say Nizzi, just for you know, he when he came on, it was noticeable that our play was a lot better than without him on the pitch. Um, one of our most solid passes, um, his stats spoke for themselves, and like Luke said again, another how, but he had a breakthrough season played a lot of games I think he's finally sort of forced himself into that team and I think he forced Stadge to pick him because it felt like at the start of the season that maybe he would be mostly used off the bench but I think you know halfway through the season he started to start more games played well and I think definitely deserves to be um, in the 3 one so that's my three-two-one.
3: Beautiful. Moz. I'm going to get backwards because these guys have ruined it for me with their predictions. I should have gone first (laughs) in this. Three hours. Thanks, boys. Um, So I'm going to start out and I'm going to give my one to Niz. And I'm only giving him one because he... Well, he he had a breakthrough season, but I kind of believed in Nears being able to have that breakthrough season. So I I never really felt like um, he surprised me with that. It just took longer than I hoped and expected for it to happen. Um, But when it did happen, then it was pretty clear cut that uh, we needed him and uh, the benefit that he really provided in the middle of the midfield there. So so wonder Nears... Um, I'm coming out of left field here or actually right back because I'm going to go Lewis Miller for my two. And the reason I'm going to go with Lewis is because when you guys were jumping over yourselves to tell me how fantastic Lewis was going to be, I didn't jump over myself with that fantasticism. In fact, it worried me a little bit that he might be a little bit green uh, at this point in time. But Lewis absolutely proved me wrong. And uh, so I actually think that by the end of the season, he looked like a seasoned campaigner. And uh, at the very end, I think we didn't have him and I missed him. And that hurt me. Mm. That upset me. Um, So... So, yeah, there you go, Lewis gets my two. And uh, just to be boring, then I don't know how anyone can really go past Ziggy because um, this club's a little bit about heart and passion. And uh, if that ain't it... Those were the a, words I was looking for, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah like, Passion okay. and desire. At the start of the season, you could see the heart and the passion was there, but it was really sort of a bit difficult, seemingly, for him to apply it. But as the season went on, then we tried to make it difficult for him by shifting him around positions and things. But that really just made him work harder and harder. And uh, by the end of it, I think he was probably the first player picked every se- every week mm-hmm. and I think he deserved that so um, three points to Ziggy I think that's nine for him go Ziggy yep um, we'll make it,
0: we'll make it 12 points for Ziggy in that <laughs> yes. case then um, surprise <laughs> <Short> <laughs> for all the reasons listed above I don't need to go any further into detail there um, my two is Beera's, uh, because purely the amount of points that he uh, saved for the club I guess and uh, one with Niz as well for his breakthrough
2: season so we're pretty pretty similar. Besides Moz with the with the Miller shout, but I think Pete, Luke, and I were pretty similar in yeah. Ours. I mean,
0: it's it's yeah. I think the general sentiment out there from the punters is that um, that Ziggy uh, was probably player of the season for a lot of people. And I guess with with the um, Mariners medal dinner potentially coming up, um, hopefully we'll soon get the chance to uh, to see if um, the rest of the players voted that way as well.
3: Will that be like bangers and mash over Zoom or?
0: A COVID safe Mariner's medal dinner I think yeah It's probably the way That um, that it's leaning I don't think anything's Locked in at this point in time But uh, We'll soon We'll soon find out Yeah it's a shame 2020's been a bit of a shit But Here we are At least we're still here Still plugging away Yep any other Central Coast Mariners things so we say farewell to the second time for Michael McGlinchey Uh, we also farewell uh, Milan Juric Tommy Orr Jacob Melling and Jair of course we thank all of those for their contributions to the club in particular Milan Juric who gave us some wonderful moments throughout the course of this season not sad by any of those to be honest Mm.
2: Thanks. thanks, thanks to Tommy Orr for that one assist at the, in the last game <laughs> no, of the last yeah. game of his Mariners career. <laughs> thanks and not good luck. No, um, I mean rumoured. Yeah. So rumour has
0: it, and you know we have it on fairly good authority that he was the highest paid player at the club. And at the end McGlinchey? of the day, no, no, no. Sorry, Tommy Orr. Oh, Tommy Orr. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. at the end of the day, over two seasons, did not deliver zero goals, one assist. I you know, Enjoy MacArthur. Enjoy. Yeah, ex- exactly I, I'm not sad to see him go If, if we had a kept him on Maybe a third of what his contract allegedly was Then yeah, sure Maybe as a squatty. But you can't have that sort of output Or lack of output From your highest paid player So no. that's, that's where I'm at with that one um, As you say Not sad to see any of them really go um, I have got
3: sort of mixed feelings about them because, you know, um, there's uh, Michael McGlinchey. There'd be plenty of people who were happy to see the back of him after, you know, the uh, suing incident and all that <laughs> kind of thing. But th- in reality, he is one of those boys who was there in 2013 when we did the business and we mm, loved yeah. it. And I loved his contribution then and I l- have loved his contribution at other times. In the last, you know, couple of seasons, I'm not really sure if it was the best time for him to come back or the right reasons for him to be brought back. Um, but, yeah, so mixed feelings. Milan, if he didn't get injured as as he had been, then I think he would have been an absolute cracker and he'd probably still be here because he showed enough when he wasn't injured to have, have um, meant that he probably should have. Tommy Orr, he had some bad luck as well with injuries, but you're right, didn't really deliver as much as I hoped he would. And, you know, we're entitled to have high expectations from players who are above the kind of um, norm of um, what Mariners, you know, uh, bring players for. Um, well, he's got the pedigree, doesn't he?
2: Well, He's got that Socceroos pedigree and you expect someone who has played for Australia to yeah. play better than he had been in with the club.
3: Spent time in Europe and, and reasonably mm. successful time in Europe as well. So, you know, I thought we might get more than that. Um, Jacob Melling and Jair, I d- didn't really, weren't able to really contribute too much. Um, and so, yeah, that, 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 you, you can't be sad about players. It just is what it is. Mm. The thing about
2: me for Melling was one of the post-lockdown games when he was subbed at halftime for Nisbet and we just looked Before half-time. 100 times better. Yeah, it was, mm. wasn't it? It was like the and 43rd minute. Look, I mean, and,
0: and to be fair to the guy, he's, he's a ripper bloke, Jacob Melling. Yeah. Can't Did say a
2: bad word about him, but
0: he's just not going to get in the squad. Mm. And with the salary cap apparently coming down next season, you can't, afford, you can't afford to take up any of the cap on players who aren't going to play or aren't going to contribute um, in a
3: meaningful way. So, um, yeah. Or as you said, players that cost too much yes. for what they're and, delivering. And again, Michael McGlinchey was one of them. I think so, and yeah. so was Tommy Orr, so you mm. know, that's where the mixed feelings come from.
1: So. Um, I just wanted to throw it out there. That apparently McGlinchey has been training with Scottish second-tier club at Greenock Morton, which is the most Scottish oh, name of a club I've yes. ever heard, aside from Partick um, Thistle, of course, of course, yeah. of course. Um, apparently, just to keep fit, etc. So, but I guess he may sign. But I guess that points to um, him potentially going back home, ish, home ish, yeah. New, New Zealand, <laughs> Scotland, whatever.
2: Second, if Scotland would be, that's a league. It's probably a league level, no. maybe Excuse a bit me. more.
0: My All-Age 3s. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hello. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I was being too kind. You're being far too kind to sef- second Div Scotland, I no, think. It's
2: only one-team league in Scotland, anyway.
0: Uh. Put some respect on Greenock Morton's name, please. <laughs> <laughs> if they need a pre-season friendly, Gossie All-Age <laughs> 2 are looking for a, yeah, for a challenge. Um, cool, cool. Uh, the other big news coming out over the last few days is Sammy Silvera has moved over to Portugal. Um, with football club Pacos de Ferreira, um, gone and gone out straight online, straight away to the second division, I think, over there with uh, Casapia uh, to uh, join up with Danny Choi as well. Danny Choi, the man uh,
1: who became quite well-known, mm. was it three years ago now when he scored that goal?
0: for half Yeah, goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The old half
1: a goal in the FFA Cup and then signed for Adelaide and then
0: seemed to... Disappear He was unlucky With injuries at Adelaide From memory as well Mm. I think he came on To make his debut And lasted 25 minutes Before he injured His knee Or his hamstring Or some part of his leg Um, That yeah Pretty much put him out For the rest of his Short term contract So Mm. um, hopefully He's still kicking goals Over there uh, Literally and figuratively Yeah Um, So good for Simi To have uh, someone that you know, I don't. They don't think they know each other, but
1: mm. um, someone that probably speaks it quite a fair bit of English just yeah. to uh, help him acclimatise, hopefully. But yeah. it was—I was—I was, I was, I was a, a bit surprised by
0: this. It came out
1: of the blue a bit, mm. and we did get an undisclosed fee. Mm, I don't um, think it was, which we have no astronomical. O- we, we have no idea what that is. Mm. Um, well, I don't. Doesn't um, matter if it's not a lot; it's
2: something. That's the main that's thing.
1: That's right. So, is do we think it was done maybe more out of necessity? Or the opportunity was there to make a little bit of money, and because we jumped he on
0: it. had
2: signed a was it a four year contract? He was on
0: till twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. Yeah. Um, mm. But I don't I don't think it was necessarily that we needed the money or anything. I think it's Sammy seeing an overseas opportunity. Sammy wanted to go, and mm. the Mariners have never really been a club that's going to stand in the way of people who want to go on to potentially bigger things, mm. um, as as Europe generally is. Um, and I mean, he was he was a bit hit
1: and miss. Towards the end of the season Wasn't he After he come back From After Hollywood. he came back from trial Yeah um, So I mean You know All the best to him I think he's got You know He has the makings Of a great player I think it might be more Of a mental It's thing an attitude for him. thing I Yeah think. Yep. Um, Whether he Makes it or not So it's all up to him now mm. um, So Look, yeah, I think, I think po-
0: Portugal will potentially suit his style of play as well. Um, it's a good stepping stone, loves, it's, 100%. It's step-over stone, maybe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Got him. Got him, yes. Quite do you think perfect. there's uh, a possibility, and I don't know anything in this space, but do you think there's a possibility we've done some clever business in there and uh, when he hits it big that um, we might still have a little relationship there? You would hope so. Yeah. sell-on fee? C- 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 some,
1: Coutinho some sort of scores sell-on against... clause? Or...
0: Yeah, historically most of the players that we've, we've let go overseas have had sell-on clause. I know Matty yeah. Ryan had one. Tommy Rogic had one. Unfortunately, that expired before he. Um, I don't think he's even left Celtic yet. But no. um, yeah, the majority. I think Trent Sainsbury had one as well. So I'm sure the club probably would have been pretty insistent on a sell-on yeah. fee being included. So mm-hmm. maybe
3: we didn't make a you know a killing on this initial arrangement, but the potential is mm-hmm. there, and he's probably in the right space for a place for that to be a, a potential thing that could happen if he works hard mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> actually gets an opportunity. Then you just never know. So. Watch that space.
0: Yeah, No, fair play to him for stepping up and uh, and stepping over on out.
3: <laughs> hey, we did enjoy some of those moments, I have to say. Like right from the start, what, where was it out in the sticks where we walked past that house where we thought we were going to be knifed, and then we got into the stadium. Newcastle. Yeah, somewhere in Newcastle, <laughs> and, and we got in there, and he had a really good game that night, and it was like, wow, look at this young fella, He looks like he could be something. out oh, of
0: Western, yes. Rockwell Automation Park was the venue as the Central Coast Mariners yeah. took. On Western Bears In a preseason friendly yeah, There's like the
2: announcer voice Felt like we needed <laughs> Danger still money got the script somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I was No I was on commentary
3: that night So there you go I think we parked in the Bronx But um, <laughs> <laughs> But maybe that's everywhere out there
0: Yeah no um, That was a That was a good night out Alrighty So the uh, Mariners Academy In the NPL2 Took on Who did they play at the weekend? Saint George, St George St George FC Victorious In a 6-1 Demolition job uh, against the guys from DNC south, there. Damien Sakenis at the hat trick. Matthew Kaye, he'll got a goal as well, uh, as well as young Harrison Steele. And who else scored? Ah, yeah. uh, Cam Windust. Cam Windust as well got himself on the score sheet. His, I he's going to say you're on Comms. You'll know. Well, there were many. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. I, I mean, it wasn't eight three, but it's still a pretty good performance by the lads in general. Yes. And that sees go back to uh, the top of MPL two. Uh, two points clear ahead of Spirit, but they do have the bye this weekend, um, so we'll see if they can retain top spot in the end. Um, Impressed but, by our academy. Well, this they've season. scored thirty-four, 34 goals nine. in nine games. Uh, Matthew Cahill leads the NPL two overall top goal scorers chart. He's mm. got nine. Uh, and so Kenis now has seven or eight as well for himself. So, yeah. considering he's been coming off the bench mostly, yeah. he's looking okay. I'm yeah, Not I'm bad.
1: um, I'm very impressed by Matthew Cahill. Mm. Um, he reminds me of Mitch Duke. Yeah. He's got height. He's very good in the air. Solid. Very, very, very quick. Oh yeah. Um, perfect sort of. I mean, and good feet too. Yeah, he can play both. He can play sort of a back to goal sort of striker as yep. well as. Someone that can sort of really get in behind the line. So I'm very impressed by him. Um, has scored some cracking goals with his head, left foot, right foot. He's. Yeah, very impressed with him so uh, far. If Did
2: we're going to talk up academy players, we have to talk about our, our new our new bay Dan Hall at the back. Oh, he's well, never been he's so solid. What do you mean new
0: bay? He's new been bay <laughs> for a couple of years now. The guy is an absolute weapon. More for me, Jesus Christ, his yeah. um his performance on Sunday again was just simply outstanding. Every time he just goes on those marauding runs forward from centre back. Oh, be still he my got- beating heart.
1: Did he get the assist on the weekend? Yeah, he started up he, a goal. He started... He pretty he started much started set the, it
0: up. Yeah, he started the move for the first two goals.
1: Yeah, and he also got an assist the other week. Did he want to get Newcastle or was it the week after? I can't remember, but he's got a couple. Yeah. Like, there's been a couple where he's broken the line, won the ball back, and just decided... just on an adventure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's him, probably him, Cahill, and I guess probably Sakenis, probably been the three that have really impressed me. Sakenis in spits and spurts. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's
0: sort of grown into it, I think, Sir Canis. Yeah. But um
1: definitely Dean Hall and Cahill are the two to watch from Academy. Mikey Katsoulis
0: as well, um, yep. has been has been very good and gives there's, his fullbacks also no end of nightmares.
1: You you should know who's the young kid that's been playing left back
0: Oh, uh, Jacob Farrell made the step up from the 18s or 20s. Yeah, so he's obviously stepped in for Matt Hatch, who's picked up a bit of an injury. And Mm. no, he's been fantastic. He's he's, he's only 17 or 18, and he made his starting debut
1: three weeks ago, I think, or something like that. three weeks ago. Had an incredible first game, and then he was really impressive again on the weekend. And there's there's not much of him. He probably needs to hit the gym, um, (laughs) but he's still holding his own against men. He so. will,
0: yeah I mean he's only Like you say He's only 17 or 18 yeah. So he will fill out um, yeah. As I definitely know um, about Get down to Bloom out. though If you can <laughs> Catch
1: the academy this season yeah, uh, Of course Of course the one season Where we're going quite well There's no promotion
0: so, Yeah of course uh, but How good's um, that? Only, only the one game left as well um, for the Academy this season. It is at Plume on the, I think, 27th of September uh, against Bonnie Rigg, who are currently in fourth. Bonnie Rigg um, is here. Bonnie Rigg will be here. Um, so but, so uh, Hopefully we get all three
3: points. If there's no promotion, does that mean there's no demotion? Because uh, the other... <laughs> <laughs> just, just wanting to point out the how, team... How, are how good is awesome it? Moment. We're
2: top and... The Jets are last five points. I couldn't even see them on
3: the <laughs>
0: screen there. They've um, they've had a pretty torrid season, and after the A League season, they actually bought up a couple of A League players uh, or bought down a couple of A League players into their MPL two side as well. With, yeah. um
1: Well, when we played them the other week, did they have Costa? They two They're of co- the Petra- Petratosses? Petrati. What do you, what do you call? Yeah. <laughs> what do you call three Patratoses in a team?
3: Petrati. <laughs> <Petrate. laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, so they had the two
0: Petrati, Maki and Costa, and they had Noah James in goal as well, who was their first-team goalkeeper at the end of the Mm. season. Um, It goes to
1: show, though, I think, the difference between the Newcastle comp and the Sydney comp, obviously, this year being their first... First year going down to the Sydney comp, um, and it's quite a big jump, which I think they've clearly struggled with.
3: But mm. it probably shows also how well we've been able to locate players that are uh, good at this level, and not mm. only that, also probably shows how good the coaching team has been. I haven't mm. been at the matches, but we have had the benefit of being able to watch the matches. Monty's yeah, been doing a good job. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm impressed
0: by Nick Montgomery as a coach, to be honest. And yeah. he's got Sergio, his assistant as well, apparently, who's been uh, no end of help there, and, yeah. and he's very highly regarded. Um, by the players from all accounts. So Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've I've
1: been very impressed with Monty. I think the way that they play. Um, they try to play quite an attractive brand. Very attacking. Um very attacking. Um even when it was four or five 0 on the weekend Monty was all right, get back to halfway, go again. Yeah. Um and yeah, very impressed with him just just sort of in general. Just, you know, his mannerisms on the sideline, all that sort of stuff. I think um yeah, he's going very well. The goals
2: have been flowing. Well, yeah, they that's have. right. I mean, they've
0: conceded uh what have they conceded 19 mm-hmm. goals in their 9 games, but it doesn't matter when you are scoring 34. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, very very impressive. They definitely
2: want to tidy up defense, but yeah, like you said, when we've got 34 goals in 9 games then, you know, it it's sort just a little lapses and I suppose
0: it a bit. I suppose yeah. those little lapses in concentration happen when you're <laughs> when you're younger as well, of course, the academy side are all under 22, I think. Like the goal on the weekend it was already 6-0 with Two minutes left yeah.
1: And they wanted that clean sheet yeah. And yep. when Winston yep. George scored Nobody was happy Very blessed nice. oh, Monty yeah. was not happy Dan Hall wasn't happy
0: No one was Zenden happy Send Hart so.
2: punched The post really hard <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't Yeah I mean I don't blame him. And, and you know That's what you want to see Yeah, yeah. Um, You know Even if your side is 6-0 up They conceded in the last minute You want to see them Be Not devastated <laughs> But frustrated That they conceded So they mm. um, They've obviously um, been working on their defensive structure um, and coming into finals I think you know they're going to give it a real shake um, yep. over the next few weeks so yeah if you can't get down to Plume all the games are streamed live and exclusive on npl.tv um, but yeah get down there and have a look live because it's a fantastic uh, afternoon here
2: and if you do watch the streams then Peter Pryor himself will be
0: on commentary oh, sometimes um, not always but sometimes.
3: Decent commentary too you have to say. Oh, I to it
0: yeah. I just like yelling into the uh into the broadcast headset. Oh. I like you yelling into
3: I know that it's you to
4: take the blues away. Must
5: Sean's here. How you going? Hey guys, how you doing? All right. Good.
1: Everyone good? How are you going? Is a more important question. (laughs) Yeah,
5: a little bit busy. A couple of things on.
0: (laughs) I bet. Yeah, well, look, let's dive into it. Um, I guess, you know, things have been pretty quiet lately, um, publicly anyway, um, as is the sort of nature of these things. I assume it's been a pretty busy few weeks for the club. Um, Can you give us a bit of insight as to what's happened since um, the notice of intention to sell?
5: Yeah, it has been a, a busy period as we've had to um, you know, field a lot of expressions of interest and a lot of you know just questions and um, and uh, and understanding it. So we've uh, we've got a uh, what they call an IM or a prospectus uh, that's there on the club that's um, that we circulate out through to anyone who, who asks a question yeah you know, about the club and uh, what the sort of parameters, that are, parameters are, and then from there we start to, to progress into a non disclosure agreement. Uh, where we can start to share with them some facts and figures about the club, you know some of the details. And and as of uh, yesterday, to yesterday was the sort of close off for expressions of interest. So now those uh, parties that are keen uh, should have the information that they need, and they're in a position to make an offer uh, and request to go into a due diligence, which is more of a deep dive. You know that really uh, really digs into the club. And so so where we're at right at the moment, where. Just filtering through those last parts of the expressions of interest, and um, yeah, and then over the next couple of days, yeah, we'll start to reach out to those that uh, that look like they're they're legit, and um, and continue the conversation.
0: Quite a few of those sort of expressions coming through at the moment, or, or were they coming through rather before the close off?
5: Yeah, look, there, there was probably a bit over twenty, um, you know, uh, inquiries uh, that came in, uh, but you could rule a lot of them out to being sort of capital investment brokers and guys that who know guys who, you know, who are trying to con- to create a deal and try to convince somebody else to buy the club, but it's not them actually buying the club. So, but at the moment, there's probably at a, at a short list. There's probably four or five that I think that we'll we'll really have a good look at and start to ask some questions ourselves the other way and see if it's worth progressing.
1: All going to plan. How long would you like the next step to sort of take? Have you got a sort of a timeline
0: on?
5: Well, no, I know Mike doesn't. It's about getting it right, so he doesn't have a specific timeline. But definitely, you know, it's a it's we're talking weeks, not months, and. Um, yeah. So sort
0: of before the start of the new season. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely.
5: Yeah, you know, one way or another, there'll be decisions made before the start of the new season. Can you update us at all about the players
3: and the CBA and negotiations around that?
5: Yeah. Wow. It's a um, it's a crazy time. So so to sort of almost double down with with everything that's been happening, the CBA negotiations have, have really fallen through. Um, there's uh, there's no CBA in place and. Um, and it's a it's a little bit of a free fall in regards to 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 the uh, to the relevance of the PFA at the moment in, in in this moment. So I think it's it's an interesting time for the game as to how this will come through. Obviously, the game's struggling for for money. We've all taken a hit financially with the broadcast still being chopped, uh, and a lot of the contracts uh, were in place well before this. So how the rosters can work becomes a, a challenge. Uh, and, and, and the players, have, of course, you know, wanting to make sure that they're not uh, getting treated poorly and they've got contracts that, um, you know, that, uh, that, that have got values that, that, that they should be standing up for. So, but the reality for it, when you really break it down, is our situation is totally different to Perth, totally different to Melbourne City, totally different to Sydney, and there are 12 different scenarios and 12 different situations. And what has happened is there's not a blanket way that this can work. You know, so, so what's become clear is, is there's no one-stop sort of solution that covers the league that, that works for clubs and players across. So, you know, some clubs do want to pay full and, and want to pay as much as they possibly can, but when there's a salary cap that's being reduced, uh, you know, it, it puts them into a position. There are other clubs that, that are really struggling financially you know with uh, with the loss of revenues in membership and sponsorship you know to to keep you know reaching budgets and targets but they're totally different conversations and totally different ways that it gets applied and we've seen today you know the actions of each club individually has been totally different pretty much across the league that was
3: positive news though was it uh, it seemed that we were for once getting a bit of positive press around that issue we've, we might have paid any comments to make about that kind of
5: yeah. Look, you know, I I do. If he, if he's listening, want to say a big shout out to Matt Simon, uh, Simon and I have been you know talking multiple times every day um, yeah, about this and and trying to work the club through the through the current situation. It's it's a bumpy road, um, you know, that's there, but it is you know been really positive our interaction with with simo and, and with the playing group and we're just trying to understand it ourselves we're trying to understand the miss the miscommunications that happen what what the players get told from the pfa is different than what the clubs get told you know and so a lot of it's just trying to trying to see the forest through the trees um and look you know we we were in a position to you know to um to allocate you know annual leave through this period when it's it's the off season and, and they're on holidays um and uh and other clubs made different decisions for their own different circumstances. So, um, so it was refreshing to hear that. Mel- I don't want to say it in a negative way because I feel sorry for the players down at Melbourne City. But the players in Melbourne City didn't get paid yesterday. And if you were to pick two days ago, there's a club that's not going to get paid, and there's a club that's going to pay. I bet you you would have said Melbourne City and Mariners in, in the reverse order. <laughs> so, so it is nice to be on, on there today. But it's a small win. Um, the you know the real win long long term. Is to make sure that our players and our club have got the right deal for all of us, so that so that this club can move forward. And uh, yeah, we want our boys yeah loving being at this club, yeah uh, loving the way that things have happened in a really tough situation where there will be no winners. Nobody will win from, uh, from from this as we move forward.
1: What's your relationship with the PFA? Is it all done through the players, or does at sort of some point it come up to you?
5: Oh previously it was the total opposite. So previously it was more that I would speak to the PFA before speaking to to the players. So I would often if there was an issue I'd call the PFA first or they call me first and then you know um yeah have a have a bit of understand is there an alignment uh, are we on the same page with how to address an issue uh, because sometimes it's very simple that there's just a mistake or, or a misunderstanding uh, and we work together so um, uh, for an example if there was a disciplinary issue if somebody said something you know wrong in the media uh, then we work together we, we pick up the phone straight away and say all right how are we going to help help this uh, the player in this situation other times it's it's the total opposite but now that's where the whole relationship has changed there's you know there's uh, there's absolutely no reason for for the PFA or for the club to actually directly engage, it'll all be yeah, us directly speaking to the players. Um, that's that's the shift now, and with no CBA, all those sort of rules are off. You know, so it's it's a it's a really cloudy situation to see how it's uh, how it's going to unfold.
0: You did touch on the salary cap being reduced for next season as well. Is is that something that's set in stone? Is there a number that's being thrown around at the moment around that, or yeah. where, where's that sort of sitting?
5: Yeah, I mean, it is a point of debate at the moment, but. Um, but, you know, the what, what is confirmed is that the floor um, is dropping from 2.8 down to 1.7 and that the grant is dropping down from 2.8, uh, from 3 million down to 1.7. So the difference there previously, and you guys have asked a question plenty of times, you know, the grant is the cap and then there's the floor. What do we do with the stuff in the middle? And we'd always say, well, that helps pay, you know, the coaches and the admin and the rest of the, you know, operations of the club. But now the situation is that the grant matches the floor so we're behind in the general you know finances of the club from that per- perspective um, but yeah the talk is that the the cap will be around 2.1 uh, and then there are still the concessions there's still the, the banking of 10% and the home grounds and the marquees and all that stuff on top but that was on top for the for the other clubs as it was so it's a it's a it's a long way for clubs yeah you know, in, in particular for the clubs who are spending big to come a long way down so this is Probably why there are some different you know, uh, behaviors or decisions by clubs right now, as as a club like us is faced with a different situation. And you guys know our roster. You know we've you know we've got sort of twelve players signed, and yeah, and uh, and, and can see the. Yeah, you know, where those guys are in, in sort of pecking order, and you know, I suppose in some aspects we probably saw that this was coming and was planning for it and was making sure that you know, all right, we can we can survive this. This is the comments around you know, running off a smell of an oily rag. We're kind of used to these. Um, unfortunately, for some of the other clubs, they had already locked up their rosters well before. You know the the, uh, the the car crash happened. So so they've got rosters that are that are equipped on a on the three point two cap and every concession possible. Spending the you know five five point one million available, and now somehow I have to figure out how they're going to get all the way back. Um, yeah, that's that's a tough challenge.
3: You'd be aware that there's uh, some moves, uh, or at least been like uh, around social media about the uh, potential for a supporter's trust um i know that that's something that you're passionate about because i saw you posting about it on linkedin um what can you say about that anything that you know or can say about it
5: yeah look look it's it's progressing it's a momentum it's a it's a uh, you know the butterfly wave at the moment that's going to turn into a tsunami i have no doubt um so so it is something that is really exciting uh it makes sense and i can see it sort of sort of coming together there are some really good people uh yeah involved um and uh and uh, I was I was previous sort of call plenty of them in together. Aaron, you were you were there for a little bit, you know, as well. And I think that this is just something that. Um if anything the club kind of needs to take a step back from and let it be what it's going to be but but I think it could be something very fantastic whether it's with a new investor or whatever the the model looks like as long as we stay on the coast and the community have the opportunity to yeah you know, to buy in and have a say in how this club runs that's our club you know it changes this from being a franchise to being a club um, and that's a, that's a statement in the a league and so it will take time you know, it 's not going to happen tomorrow you're not going to open up the paper tomorrow and see a, you know, see a prospectus. it 's going to take a while to to you know, get together the legals and the accounts and all the you know all, all the infrastructure that's going to be needed because all the questions will need to be answered before they're even asked that'll be the challenge now is is can you know, can the guys get themselves together to think of every scenario think of every question so that when it is time to really shout from the rooftops about getting on board, um, you know in uh, in in every way possible that there's no there's no cracks that can be seen through because it's you know it becomes it, it becomes uh, a topic you know one that's that's really passionate for people but uh, but what a great one like i heard on the radio after it was sort of announced there was um you know patty and patty and rob on uh, on on triple m and and one of the callers called in and said What's this about taxpayers having to pay for for the Mariners? And it was just like so out of whack, you know. So so there's going to be a lot of that noise, and um, you know we, we get through that, but but long term, this will this will shape the club, I've no doubt for for the long future.
0: Do you see potentially other clubs in the A League sort of following suit and going down that sort of model of community ownership? Do you think it's really something that
5: can take off in the league? No, I don't think they're region suited. Mm. Um, in all fairness. Um, the Knicks could be different, you know. Wellington, you know, Wellington could be different if um, if they were to to head down that path, perhaps. But um, and I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but you know, from what I know of the uh, the the owners and the investors that are of the other clubs, their motivations are different. And you know, I mean, could you imagine the RBB or or rocking up to, to to vote for the board of the Wanderers? Uh, probably not. I don't know if um, I just don't know. Yeah, I can't. You know, until there's. Uh, different ownership models and, and those other clubs, you know, I'm sure that um, yeah, yeah. For me, yeah, I, I can only see us perhaps in this. Um, you never say never with the Jets. It's always a, a random one that's up there, but the other ones are in big cities and uh, and in in complicated markets with other codes as well. So the the freedom of a clarity around yeah, you know, a one code one team town. Um, that's what that's what enables this. So I mean, if you the same for same for Newcastle Jets at the moment, if you yeah, you know, if, if you went down that path, well, well I'm a Knights fan. I want, to, I want to buy a share in the Knights. Can I do that? Like, Get straight into the conversation without, yeah, in 30 seconds.
1: How's the squad shaping up for next season? Or is it with all the uncertainties around the CBA? I imagine that's another uh, quite a large curveball thrown in. We've already seen some movements, some releases, uh, I guess, a positive with Sam Silvera being sold to Portugal. Um, is it? Is there more... I guess releases on the way, or is it is it just all too hard at the moment with everything sort of going on with the CBA?
5: Yeah, look, I don't think there's there's any releases. I think the um, the guys that are that are contracted are on board. Um, you know, uh, you know, they're all in stages, plans, and and and, and, and all there. So um, um, so if anything happens in that space, that, that would be uh, un- unpredicted at the moment. Um, it is hard to recruit. It's impossible to recruit right now. So um, you know, it's uh, it's impossible for me to. To, to have a you know a meaningful conversation with those players that we do want to keep uh, that were with us last year so um, and um, and we are in we are in regular contact with them um, that's there but it's yeah the CBA process is going to be the most important one because we don't know how much we've got left to spend um, and one wrong decision now could make a massive impact on on, on what you can do down the future so uh, other clubs are making different decisions other clubs are. Yeah, yeah for, the, for their own situation, deciding to be bold and brave and and, and uh, believe their crystal ball um, yeah, predictions. But um, but for the moment, it's safest for for everybody to just at least give it another seven days for the dust to settle.
1: Is there a deadline for when the new CBA needs to be agreed? Like I, I read earlier that Melbourne City were slated to return to training early next month, but now that's probably up in the air because if there's no CBA... They won't necessarily sort of go to work. Is that sort of well, where? Well, no, there doesn't well need
5: along. to be a CBA. That's the changing conversation. So, right. with no CBA, it becomes a club by club situation. So, so right. we could do a CBA with just our players. So, our players could come together and and we could do a collective deal, you know, with with us. Or we could literally do a one by one deal. That's there and
1: outside of the PFA.
5: That's that's the point. That's exactly what's happened. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so so there's yeah with no with no collective bargaining agreement. Those those rules don't apply. Uh, as it stands today, so so the league right. will now generate its own regulations, yeah, for the club to adhere to. Yeah, yeah. So now that could change tomorrow. There could be a deal struck tomorrow, and, and and all things are back on. Which, which I think everybody believes in the CBA. I don't think there's been too much out there. Some of the owners, Mike included, probably don't believe in a CBA. And you know, I and I understand that. But overall, the league's used to a CBA. Um, but it because it's so different per club. Um, you know, it's yeah. You know, some clubs. You know, for their rosters, they have to have pay pay cuts, and so to, if you have to have pay cuts, are you doing pay cuts across all your playing group or just some of your playing group? Um, and you know, it's it's just such a variable for, for every one of them that um, it's impossible to have a blanket rule. So, so I think that the likelihood is that some clubs will do deals with their playing groups. I'm hearing that Melbourne Victory is really close, or possibly have done it. Um, there will be other clubs that will just sit down each player and say, "All right, mate, this is a deal." This is what we can offer you. This is what, where we can head, um, you know. And there will be some players that say that's my contract, and I want all of my contract. And legally, they've 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 today got a got a you know, pretty robust case around that. So um, the the challenge comes is if that stops the league from going ahead. Mm. So if the league doesn't go ahead, then that's when the nervous talk around stand downs, yeah comes into play. So so there hasn't been a league start date, and if there's no clarity around that, then at some stage, you know, you, like any business. Yeah, if you stop and there's no product and there's no ability to do business, is, is yeah, those hard decisions come into the calculations. That's why so many of the clubs have gone half-half. They've gone, all right, we don't know what the next two weeks is going to look like, so we're sort of doing half now and we'll do half later if it gets fixed. If not, yeah, it could be dangerous times.
1: Do you, think, do you think the FFA will get involved? Like they've rumoured that they might if they need to step in, but correct me if I'm wrong, but can they only get involved up until the 1st of December?
5: Uh, well when independence comes in so 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 whether independence is first of December or earlier or later is is once now that's that process is underway and likely to happen uh, you know in, in many aspects sooner rather than later so they do have the opportunity to step in however I don't know, they've said publicly that they shouldn't be and they should be letting the league do its stuff. And if anything, it's, it's a bit of a test. It's a bit of a test of the new world. Um, and this is, this is part of it. This is you know, highlighting the fact that each club is different and each club's financial situation is different. So um, that's why governing bodies generally will come in with a hard-handed approach. And I don't care your situation, this is what has to happen because it's what they believe in and what they drive through. So, but the whole point of independence was to shift away from that model. So it um, could happen. I don't know if it will. Um, only time will tell. Really. Speaking of league start date, has there been any, anything sort of bandied around in that in terms of that, or just tell everybody it's our New Year's Eve match at Central Coast Stadium. Just get that word out there. <laughs> it's a self fulfilling prophecy. We're going to campaign. And New Year's, they'll they'll have the tidal park open across the road. We'll have fireworks back because we missed it last year, and uh, we'll get crowds back into the stadium. And, that, and it
1: that, like, I'd be on board for that. I'd yeah, that. first beauty. game of the absolutely. season, New Year's yeah. Eve. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sign me yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, something so. positive. be yeah. nice. And <laughs> new uh, owners on board, all that sort of stuff. Absolutely, mm.
5: absolutely. You know, community part of the club. You know, <laughs> um, you know, new players, new start. The big clubs have had to slash their budgets because they can't afford it, so <laughs> you know, so it's uh, it's an even playing field, and uh, yeah, what, what I, I literally dream about that, and go, you know, that could be such an exciting moment for, for for our, uh, for our for our society, you know, for our for our community. So, um, but that's probably really close to to when it's being bandied around. Mm. Yeah, you know, some of the conversations that are out there, and the CBA will have to get cleared up first, and then once that you know dust settles, whichever way it lands. Uh, then the next mission will be about the draw. But there is conversations around possibly a 22-round season that's purely home and away. And um, and then a pre-season slash post-season League Cup. So if there's a League Cup with the qualification to be for Asian Champions League as the prize, so the half spot so instead of at the moment the a-league having the one and two halves it would be one and one half and a half spot goes to the league cup which would evolve into the ffa cup at a later date um now if COVID permits pre-season if COVID doesn't permit post-season um yeah so so that's and and i suppose for a club like ours is it does change our thought yeah Um, a, a model like that if there's a champions league spot up for grabs you could become a cup club that really focuses around the around the cup and you know, and uh, and find some of the form that we had in our last FFA Cup, and, and and go for it. That's um, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a
5: exciting thought to to get out there.
1: I don't know if it's just me, but I feel more positive about us than I do about some of the other clubs in the
0: league. Yeah, I'm with you, 100 percent Yeah. <laughs> if or you, the
1: league. If you asked me that probably like a month and a half ago, I would not have had that. But mm. with new owners, you know, potentially a trust, so another thing sort of working in the background. There's I think there's definitely some other clubs. In the league that are worse off than us. Yeah,
5: yeah I mean, when um, when we had the last uh, Mariners TV um, you know, episode and uh, got to speak on that, that was that was exactly my emotion at the time. Is is, is we've been through hell and back and survived, you know. So there's a bit that it makes you feel like you know we're almost invincible at that in that aspect, right? Because what else could be thrown at us that you know you know that, that we haven't already got through, you know? So oh, don't say that. I've been saying <laughs> that all, all of 2020. <laughs> you know, so, Look where we are, jeez. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know if you wanted to touch on anything with council or.
5: oh no no look look I'm I'm happy to talk to it. It was as um, for for some might be aware that there was um, yeah, a motion put forward uh, by one of the councillors for a crisis meeting, um, and uh, and and yeah we had had meetings with council and and yeah they were they were progressing. Um, but the, the the time is ticking and the clock is ticking. So so the opportunity for myself, for myself to speak uh, to the councillors direct is one I hadn't had for many many years, not since Gabby was uh, was a councillor. Um, and so so to speak passionately about you know wanting to do everything possible and leaving no stone unturned, um, you know was was something that became pretty clear that many of the councillors don't know about our situation and don't know a lot about our club. Um, so so I think it was a good format to get that. Um, message out there, and then if a crisis meeting brings other stakeholders and more awareness to the opportunities that's there, then that's great. Now, what needs to happen for us as a club, and I'll put my hand up, we are got to be very clear with what with what we want and what what the council can do to actually uh, make an impact that's there. And uh, and there are many options to that. Um, you know, the uh, uh, whether it involves the stadium, whether it involves our venue hire agreement, whether it involves the centre of excellence here. Um, you know, whether it involves the community, you know, supporters' trust. Uh, there's, there's opportunities now to get decisions made that lock the club into the coast for, for the long term. Um, and, um, and, it's, and, and it's up to the club to say, you know, and Mike, or the new investors, or a combination of both, to say if these things happen, that will guarantee that you know, the Mariners stay here and people will continue to, to invest into our club and fund our club mm-hmm. and that's um, yeah, that's 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 what's gonna happen over the next few weeks with council.
0: Wrapped it up nicely as always. Beautiful. Thank you so much,
5: Sean. Once again, love Thanks, you. Sean. Cool. All right guys, really appreciate it. Cheers. See ya. Thanks, Sean.
0: Course, as well, since our last uh, pod recording, the Dolan Warren Awards were held uh, in the last week or so. And uh, we've got obviously a list of the award winners here. Um, the big one, of course, the Johnny Warren Medal Player of the Year was Alessandro Diamante. Spot on.
3: Yeah, absolutely on. nailed that one for my money. 100%. By the end of the season, Easy. he was the thing that was attracting me to games. Yeah. Like I wanted to watch the games just to see him do some other trick.
2: He's money, his box office. Amazing. I thought a a worthy sort of person who could have won it as well was uh, Villa from Wellington, who I thought had an outstanding season. Yeah, he would have had to have been in the mix, yep. Diamante for sure is uh, would would have been my pick as well. Of course,
0: he's re-signed at Western United as well for another season, and um, we saw some pretty interesting celebrations from him um, that you were just mentioning off off mic there. Morrow um, dancing around in his in his underwear
3: in his apartment was it? Or I don't know. I fantastic think so, personality. Yeah, I think whatever <laughs> it was, that was good viewing, and that's way good for the A League. <laughs> I, I believe
2: it was a two-year contract, Pete. So we've got a, got him in the league for another two years, which is a big well, win.
3: Possibly he was celebrating that because who wouldn't want to be in the A League? Well. Um, but yes, no, two bottles of champagne in his hand by the look of it, balloons jumping yeah. around like a crazy man. Love it, fantastic. Looked like it was
0: about nine or ten o'clock in the morning, so maybe it was yeah. just kick ons from the previous
3: award, <laughs> yeah, wow. from the awards night the night prior. So, could have been. Um, if so, i well, got I hope so. Yeah, and his um, reaction was probably nothing that different than what happened when he uh, hit the crossbar with that one from halfway <laughs> in my lounge room. When I jumped out of my chair, not knowing, not realizing, realizing it wasn't my team, but wow, that free fantastic. kick
0: in
2: one of the semi-finals!
0: Oh, oh
3: my lord! How many? <sighs> how many? Yeah, moments.
0: All right, let's stop fapping over sorry, other teams' sorry. players. Um, <laughs> young footballer of the year went to Riley McGree at Adelaide. Um, fair enough. Fair, I guess. Yeah, um, coach of the year. Now this was a bit of a point of contention for myself personally. I disagree. Eric Momber, um, at Melbourne City, of course, winning coach of the year there. Now I think Ufi Talle uh, was absolutely yep. robbed here. hundred percent.
2: Everyone said pre-season that's a wooden spoon side, and they finished third.
0: Yep. With every
1: with obviously the coach and the amount of players that they lost last season. Krishna the, was a big loss. Yeah, and the way that they lost them as well. Um, With Mark Rudin sort of upping and leaving and trying to snake everybody else out with him, um, I think what he did this season was awesome. And you know, to get them back into the finals as well, let alone um, you know be very impressive uh, on the way
2: there, I I thought he. I reckon Marinovic probably had a better season than Kurtel as well. I agree with that too. Yeah,
3: for me, Mombas was okay. If City won the grand final, if he'd taken them all the way. Mm. Fair enough. Now, but, Steve Corrigan. Yeah, otherwise, not
1: no to Shove it. Steve Corrigan did not deserve to win. He inherited a good squad, he's done jack shit, and he's a dickhead. <laughs> All right? Doesn't
0: deserve no it. No chill from you Luke. You
3: need to stop holding back, Luke. Let's keep Luke Tell us how even, you really feel.
0: even
2: even even Corrigan is a knob. So is on it just
1: boiling. me? Is it just me or <laughs> he, is he a knob?
0: You, Steve Corrigan. Okay, we'll keep
2: going about the whole Corrigan thing. He seems pretty smug, I reckon. He's I, a smug I get,
0: I get the smug right. Yeah. No bueno for me. No bueno? No bueno. What about, uh, what are your thoughts on Jamie McLaren, who of course won the Golden Boot this season? <laughs> the well, Golden Tap In. He's
2: won, he's. AKA Lord <laughs> Tap In.
0: He's won the Golden Boot because it's factual.
1: You can't not win it. <laughs> like, he has to win it because he's technically scored the most goals. How about that graphic but of
2: his goals to game?
1: Everybody saw the heat map, everybody saw it. He is a, a tap in merchant. Okay? <laughs> Of the... How many goals did he score? 22. 22. Like, 18 of those were inside the six-yard box... And about six of them were bloody penalties. <laughs> he's so overrated.
0: That's,
3: that's twenty-four <laughs> <About your> maths. <laughs> he's certainly
1: not Bobbo, is he? he was a totally the masses the maths maths is off, is off. I can't even speak, but the point stands. Okay? He's so, I'm angry. so angry. He's so angry <laughs> I'm so annoyed. Oh. I'm so annoyed. I
3: can't speak. I think what you're yes. saying is that if he sat the trophy in the six yard box, then it could yes. perform the same task next yes. year.
4: Yes.
1: <laughs> no, but look, look, in all seriousness though, I do think he's very overrated very overrated I think people fap about him but the goals he scores and penalties and I I don't know people you know uh, people tend to lose it over him and he tried the whole go overseas thing didn't work out for him in second div in Germany he struggled he's come back he's done all right because he's he's a slightly above average A-League player that's all he is
0: this is great content
3: by the way <laughs> Here's in, some more In my lounge room In saying
0: that, in saying that Do come to Mariner <laughs> <laughs> Oh you'd take him In a heartbeat Wouldn't you Well wouldn't he's, you? he's
3: well liked In my lounge room A couple of ladies He spend seems their like Wednesday a top like, they, uh, they spend their Wednesday nights Looking at uh, I need to uh, try and peel together. my wife away From
1: the bloody TV When there he's on the go. screen That's so. what I
3: was going to get at He's well liked amongst the ladies
0: mm. uh, Alright Moving on uh, Well c- liked By the ladies <laughs> tap in, Still tapping still
3: just said moving on <laughs> They don't care <laughs>
0: Alrighty, of course, next one, goal of the year went to uh, Jamie McClap. No, of course not. <laughs> it was uh, Nicolai Topol-Stanley at the Jets uh, for, anyway, who cares? Goalkeeper of the year was Andrew Redmayne, uh, former Coastie, of course. Fair, maybe, I would have thought maybe Marinovic. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would have had Marinovic. It was it was my first pick, but uh, there you go. Uh, Fair play award went to Sydney FC. Um, conspiracy,
2: <coughs> get your tin foil hats out. See now we
0: went through the season without getting a uh, red card at all. I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many yellows we got, but, but Sydney uh, had
2: two reds. I believe. Conspiracy
0: and uh, referee of the year, of course, went to Chris. Oh Beef. my
2: god!
4: <laughs>
1: not a conspiracy, but wrong.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Have you got a beef was, with that? Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> not good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not good. I, Sorry about yeah, that. That's BS. <laughs> in terms of refs, if I have to pick a favourite, and like I, I don't like to bag out refs that much, but if I if I if I had to pick one, probably Alex King is my. I think he's probably the best ref in yep. the league. And yep. I think maybe giving it to Fagani, who he's, he's not here permanently. No, it? it was
0: he's like in an exchange student program, like, I think, yeah.
1: He's like on loan. Or <laughs> <shit>. like, <laughs> referee's can so, be on loan now? I don't know if uh, maybe giving it to him would have been the right one or not because a lot of people I saw thought maybe he deserved it, but I think Alex King is the best ref. I,
0: I like, like I like I Alex King because of the way he approaches it. He'll explain his I, decisions. I was about to
1: say, I, I like him because of the way he handles the
0: players. That's right, yeah. And that's, that's, I think, in my opinion, one of the most crucial aspects to to being a referee is the way that you interact with the players and, and garner their respect in a lot mm. of uh, aspects, I guess. So, yeah, um, yeah, as you say, probably wrong. Uh, maybe we should have our own podcast awards. The Morrow How Boyce Awards.
3: <laughs> I couldn't tell if any of the refs were any good because they kept phoning a friend.
1: Uh, <laughs> Constant. Oh that, that, that's a ever heard. No, well, yeah. the phone a friend was uh, cancelled for about... Six weeks. And how, how blissful and was then it? And they brought it back. How
4: blissful
0: was it? it's time to uh, have a look at some of the questions that have been coming in across the social media platforms throughout the course of today. Uh, firstly, Ian Riley on Facebook, uh, Ian Radar Riley. Do you think the current ownership drama being played out in public will scare potential signings away? Uh, I assume that anyone they approach will be given a better idea of what's happening behind the scenes. And also, who is a front-runner for Volunteer of the Year, and why is it Aaron Morrow?
2: <laughs> Excellent question, uh, Ian. Thank
0: you for answering your own question, Ian.
1: Uh, it is Aaron Morrow, who is in line for Voughty. Um Didn't
3: even turn up to some of the games. <laughs>
1: He hands out those loose cannons very well, and no one does it better. Um, the ownership drama being played out in public. Um, no, I think if we had have kept with the same, I know it probably would have scared players away more. More. <laughs> um, I think there's. I think there's other things that are scaring away players at the moment, like the whole CBA agreement, lack of start date for next season. Lack of broadcast agreement beyond 2021, uh, and the agreement that we have as a league next season is halved. There's a lot of other things uh, that are scaring players away at the moment uh, outside of the club ownership.
3: Well, I think it's a bit scary for people, but it, you know, it's no scarier I think, than, I mean, here than it is somewhere else. I don't think the we've already of seen ownership. it with
1: Stephen Taylor leaving Wellington. I think yeah, that that yeah. that sucks. I'm very sad about. it. Can that I touch on that? I love Stephen Taylor. I think come to Mariner. He's so good. Yeah, come he's to great. Mariner. Yep. But he won't because no. the whole reason he left was because of the uncertainty around the CBA, the league start date, all that sort of stuff. He goes, you know, I'm sure he's got a family. He plays going to
2: India, apparently. He needs to
1: put fuel in his buddy Jet Ski.
0: He's got to, you know. <laughs> put your jet skis out for yeah. Stephen so Taylor. So there's,
1: there's <laughs> rumours that he's going to go
0: to the IPL in India, mm. and that's where we're at. Like,
2: Farewell, long pins. Yeah. yeah.
0: We hardly knew you. Um, all right, Johnny Needham. Uh, Johnny has a three-part question. Um, we'll look to touch on a couple of these. Um, so is there any update to the potential community-based ownership idea or the potential move to Canberra? Um, <laughs> and if you were to put your left nut on it, uh, what would you bet on the outcome being for us moving forward? So let's, uh, let's unpack that. Um, any update on the potential community-based ownership idea? Kind of. So there was a meeting with the club last week, um, and there's a couple of further meetings going forward as well. Um, It looks promising. I encourage everyone to register their interest if you haven't already, um, and we'll post the website for that later on today. Um, I just
2: signed up, and it's at 360. Uh, messages. I, yeah, I
0: don't. I don't think that uh, tracker is live. I think it might be a bit more than that. But we'll, yeah, we'll see how it. Um, we'll see how it plays out. It's going to be a really interesting one and something that's. Um, I know Sean's excited about. Um, I'm pretty excited about it too. Mm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of really good
1: people involved um, that are not a part of the club, which needs to be. That's the way it needs yeah, to be exactly. Yep. Um, and you know, I I wasn't uh, entirely. On board or sort of across things, probably until f- last week. But the things I've heard, it's it's all ticking along very well, and it is very positive. It's made me made me very optimistic uh, for what we potentially can do.
3: Yeah, and I think it is a really it's a community thing. It's not really about the club. It's about trying to get the community all together. And uh, I think we can say that we hope to be having an interview with the person who's founding that move. Um, in the near future, so hopefully another pod. Yeah. So we're not done yet.
0: Yeah, just a little special edition teaser. Yeah, because uh,
3: uh, obviously we're supportive of anything that keeps the club here on the Central Coast. So anything that we can do to get that message out there, then then we want to do that. So um, looking forward to that, and um, yeah, get behind it, people. If you haven't registered, register, and you'll find out what's going to happen next when you do register and put your email in the ring. And uh, potential move to Canberra. As far as I'm concerned,
0: I, I don't believe a lot of the smoke around that, I think. Mm, it's a lot no. of guff, and they want their own licence. They don't want to take on something that's already been so well embedded somewhere else. They publicly
2: um, stated that they it's the last resort to want to take on the Mariner's licence. They want their own, so that's that's pretty good for us, and I think it's very unlikely. Journos are pretty
0: historically pretty quick to jump on us as well when, when there is talk of other regions being interested in a license and their first thought is oh they could go after the Mariner's license whereas it's not the case so um, yeah I'd take it with a huge grain of salt Um, and if you were to put your left nut on it what would you bet on the outcome being for us moving forward my left nut would say um, (laughs) if it could talk if these nuts could talk (laughs) these nuts
2: does your right nut have a different opinion? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'll ask him. Um, what would you bet on the outcome for us being forward? So, um, I I I would think that we'll have new owners by the start of the season, and we'll still be on the coast. It'll be Bau, um, which yeah. leads into. Have you guys got any plans on how to approach the coming season from a supporters' perspective? Buy a membership. Get involved, support the club, um, yeah. and show the new owners um, that, you know, we do have a passionate supporter base here on the coast who are willing to back the club. And um, like I said, as, as far as I'm concerned, it's probably going to be BAU. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, in short.
3: Yep, and I, I think that there's a lot of positivity around. I was, you know, thinking how uh, thinking a bit pessimistically, you know, weeks and weeks ago, but there's mm. a whole yep. bunch of reasons to feel a bit optimistic about the future, the potential for the change of ownership, the possibility of getting some community ownership happening, um, just the fact that things are going to change because, let's face it, it hasn't been that much fun recently. So, yeah, I reckon get behind it and uh, certainly feeling positive about it.
0: Cool, and uh, thanks to your kind words as well, there, Johnny. Uh, of course, being straight up mad rooters, we are. <laughs> that is such an Aussie
2: saying. I love it. I love it. Yeah, let's play on
3: that on uh, uh, right on the back of the left nut thing. I was going to say that my left nut is sterile after vasectomy, but th- that wasn't really. Yeah. Not sure whether to cut that
0: or keep that in. I'll decide over a few whiskies. Do. <laughs> Um, where are we? Emma Fitzgerald. Do you think the Mariners will exist in three years? I desperately want the team to keep going on the coast, uh, but with us up for sale, a wide range of possibilities now exist. That's true, um, but I think we we sort of touched on it um, with Sean. Um, we've touched on it a bit um, in previous questions as well. I think they will, um, and I think we'll still be on the coast um, because... Sean's previously mentioned that a new owner um, has to have a long-term strategy um, and that long-term strategy has got to be based around the coast as well. So personally, yes, I do think we'll still be here. You guys? Yeah, we'll still be here for
1: sure. I think uh, the bigger question is what will the league look like as a whole? Because yeah. mm. the next month, like without being too uh, aggressive about it, is super important. In terms of football, it's no hyperbole whatsoever. No, very, very important. It's massive. Everything around the CBA, everything around what the league looks like for next season, and then you throw in all the COVID and everything that that effect that uh, it's had on the clubs and the financial situation. Like if we're if we're not able to attract any type of decent foreigners here because clubs don't have the money to pay. Or there's no certainties around the league And when it's going to be And all that sort of stuff It's a very short league as well now apparently According to Sean Next season there's only 22 games Possibly yeah Some players will want to play more than that And you know there's so many other things here That come into play Um, I think the league has a bigger question mark on it Than us, us as a club
3: I'm going with Luke Yes and yes to those two questions, nice. I would I would
2: agree. I'm more optimistic about the future than I was previously.
0: Nice, cool, succinct. Um, second part to Emma's question was she's very happy with the supporters trust being set up. Uh, do we think it'll make any difference? I think so.
1: Yep, massively. Um, you know, financially, it's not going to be like six million dollars hmm. uh, unless we can get unless they can get someone on board that. Um, He's got a lot of
0: money. But Hello Jeff Bezos, if you're listening.
2: Yeah, I mean if, <laughs> in some. if someone someone needs to win Lotto. <laughs> <laughs> if if you think about
1: how far off the pace we've been recently when you talk about the cap and the floor and which there's also big questions around that, whether the floor should be a thing, whether the cap should be a thing at all, all that sort of stuff. If the supporters trust can buy a stake in the club for like a million dollars or whatever mm. and then every season with the people involved put up maybe half that maybe a little bit more maybe a little bit less but that probably goes a long way to getting that extra striker that we've needed or those that's where the trust can come into play and you can make the argument that well why doesn't the owner fund all that well because it's just not the environment for that now mm. especially now um you know if i think if we had a trust maybe 5 years ago uh, when charles worth was around which he obviously is still but if the if it started five years ago, I think he would be in a much happier place than what he is now mm. if that was sort of if that was a, if that was able to give him a million dollars and then put in five hundred thousand or something every season i I feel like he would be would would have been more on board
3: to improve things. 100%. It's well known that I whinge at him when uh, things don't go our way. And usually his response is stuff like get the community behind it, get the mm. council behind it, get the. Because he, everybody he, he is it.
1: not made of money. And you look at owners like Paul Letterer for the Wanderers, who's a billionaire with a B, and Mike Charlesworth is not in the slightest. And some people think he is, but he's just absolutely not. And then you look at Melbourne City, probably buddy trillionaire owners or some shit like that now, but it's this club for the foreseeable future will never attract an owner like that. Never. So that's why the trust is so important.
0: And I think it's a potential game changer um, to have, you know, very potentially the, the only um, community part owned club in the league is is super exciting.
1: That's a big part of it as well. It's, yeah. not, it's not just the money thing. It's giving the fans a voice, you know, there's the potential there for fans to have a vote on, you know, on like the CEO, to have a seat on the board, to to have a genuine sort of a say in how the club is run and the direction that it goes in is huge. Mm-hmm. And there's it's massive.
3: always... There's always talk about, you know, recently there's only been, our crowds have been low and all that sort of thing. But um, all of the people in this this room remember when we had big crowds, big support, Mm. and it was constant.
0: Mate, I was only talking about this earlier today, actually. The 5-4 Sydney FC game at at the stadium, Mm -hmm. 17,500 people at that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's a regular season game. Yeah, I wasn't a final or anything. Speaking of left nuts, I would give my left nut to have that right now. okay oh,
3: yeah. absolutely. But that—that's how we can get those people back is by embedding it in the community. So hopefully mm. the trust can be a vehicle for that. Here's but a
2: question for you guys: If with the investment, is it would they what what sort of money would be like needed to it invest? Hasn't, would it some yeah, I mean, look, it hasn't early been, days. I know, but
0: yeah, it hasn't been spoken about. There was early figures thrown around of. You know, five hundred dollars per person at two and a half thousand people, which gets you one point two five million. I think off the top of my head. Okay. Um, but like you say, it's super early days, and I, I, yeah, they haven't settled on anything yet. So it's still being worked through, and um, yeah, we'll see where it lands. Yep. Um I was just going to say like more a
3: about the detail around that when we speak to the well, guy. Yeah, obviously, yeah.
0: Know, started it. If yeah. you
2: can put like an extra like like you say a million into the club, that's huge. Mm. That's absolutely huge for a club of our um, of our stature. Yeah. And also what I was going to say is like if there was ever going to be a community based ownership for any team, it's us. It's us. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: the, the fact of the matter is this this club has been this club has been marketed since sort of day dot as the community club. Yep. Um, I was
2: on the jersey for a couple let's, of seasons Let's
0: get this off the ground, let's make it happen it's, Absolutely. About, it's
3: about pride isn't it And there's a lot of people who've still been turning up to our games Even though there hasn't been much to be proud of um, If you want to talk about pride What about the day that uh, in the aftermath of winning the grand final When literally thousands of people right. lined the streets in gospel mm-hmm. Like I've never seen in the 50 years I've hung around the place mm-hmm. um, There's plenty of pride there We just have to figure out how to you know, channel that into the picture
0: Exactly right all righty, Andy Jennings. Uh, who would you want to sign for next season? Um, okay, well, Lionel Messi's having issues at Barca. I think he's just signed a new contract, though. I believe Gareth Bale wants yes. out at Madrid. Bale wants out, and they're yes. willing to subsidise part of his wages, so come to Mariner. Um, uh, no, let's move on to the next part of his question, though. Assuming the budget is going to be the same or less, um, which would mostly consist of Aussie players, who would fill your visa spots? Uh, so we've touched on Gareth Bale there uh, as one visa spot. <laughs> um
3: I'm going to go with mm. let's try and get Asian players who are quality. Uh, they're mm. not well-known, but they're quality. I think that's my just It's it's
1: it's so hard to make any predictions at the moment it when is. what we're looking at is a potentially a salary cap that's halved next yeah, season. Nearly, so the cap yeah, this year is yeah. 3.2, and they're looking at about 1.5 for next season. 1.7, I think. 1. 1. 7. 7, something like that. Yep. So it's... Absolutely, cut in half. One and a
2: half million difference. That that's, is
1: huge. I mean, that amount of money is probably the players that we have currently signed. <laughs> so, like, how does? I don't know the ins and outs of it, obviously, but how the hell do you even work through that? Yep. If, if yeah, if we we have twelve players contracted for next season and they already take up that amount of the cap, how does it work? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's like,
0: right. Obviously, they've got. Probably
1: a, should have asked Sean, but Sean touched you
2: know, it on. The few clubs that are in that situation. Yeah.
1: So it's it's got to the point now where like it's very, very messy and the PFA uh-huh. have been Way advocating for a while to get rid of the cap altogether, which I agree with. And then a lot of people think that well if you get rid of the cap then your Sydneys and then your Melbourne cities will dominate. Smash the league. Maybe. Mm. Maybe they won't. Maybe no. we just have to be smarter about it. If you bring in transfers into the league, all yep. that sort of stuff, if you get rid of the floor which I was reading an article the other day and uh, a player agent whose name escapes me made a very good point that if you have a floor, you essentially have to pay players overs to meet the floor in a lot of situations. Mm. And we have probably done that a lot. Oh, definitely, yeah. We probably paid Tommy all too much just to get to the floor. We probably played... Paid Michael McGlinchey too much just to get to the floor. No, probably about it, yeah. Yeah, if you you get rid of the cap, get rid of the floor, get rid of all that sort of stuff, you have your standard award stuff like you do for any other sort of a business. You have a minimum wage, working conditions, all that sort of stuff is all good. But you just pay players what you want.
3: Yeah, get rid of the cap. That's what we
1: need to do because what we're looking at for next season, I don't understand how we get
0: there. I mean, there's probably MPL clubs that spend more than the proposed cap for next season out there so. and <laughs> yeah. how's
3: it benefiting like you just Mark talked Coney. about who's going to finish first and second and so forth well they finish first and second So, mm.
2: yeah. well, I used to be of the opinion that getting rid of the cap would be bad for us but I have changed my tune a little bit on that I think yeah getting rid of the cap would be probably beneficial
0: mm. Yeah, so with all the sort of uncertainty out there at the moment around the CBA and the cap and everything, it's, it's a little bit too difficult to speculate yep. um, on that. so Let's just do an all-age. Let's just keep the 12-contracted guys we've got, go with one
1: sub every game. <laughs> and um, hope there's no one, no injuries. Who's backup keeper? Ziggy? I think Ziggy will go right in goals.
2: You so reckon? So yeah, he, okay.
1: he can sort of double up as the backup goalkeeper, like an all-age. Like, everyone else sort of hung over on the Sunday. They didn't quite make the game. We just rock up to every game with 12 players. Maybe the f- maybe the fitness coach has to come on for, like, maybe five minutes
2: at the end or something. I don't know. Stadge has to sub himself. Unlimited on. subs. Monty still looks pretty fit.
1: Unlimited subs. <laughs> yeah, actually, Monty could do a job. Yeah, there you go. Monty's floating corners. Um, <laughs> or you
2: could just put <laughs> academy players on the bench.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, like... I, I just... I don't get how we go into next season with a cap still with what, they're, with what the league or the clubs are
0: proposing. Yeah. I, I can't wrap my head around it. Interesting times. Um, all right. Zach Colbrook has asked if there's any update on the progress of the community funding idea. We've, we've touched on that a little bit throughout the course of the pod. Um, Andrew Thurban, does the club plan to provide any on-ground coverage of the uh, Mariners Academy finals campaigns? Uh, the answer to that is definitely Yes. Um, Now, as mentioned, of course, that currently there's no sort of score updates across uh, Twitter or social media um, for the academy. That's purely a resourcing issue um, for the club. Um, At the moment, you know, we've only got one media manager. Um, Other academies out there have a dedicated person on the ground for that. Um, We don't. Simple as that. So a little bit difficult, I guess, to be everywhere at once. And um, yeah. also hard when the MPL doesn't like align
1: with the A League, which it should, but it doesn't yeah, well, and I mean, you've it, got yeah. staff that have like an off season and leave and it, well, just, yeah, it just, I mean, just becomes very messy when you're a club our size and don't have the resource.
0: When your media manager is working about nine hundred and seventy hours a week as well, <laughs> it's probably a little bit difficult to say, Hey, can you go to this game as well on Sunday? Yeah. yeah so yeah. um But yeah, to answer that, yes, definitely there will be coverage. um, It does, it does,
1: it does, as a whole, probably need to improve, though, if we're honest. Oh yeah, I mean, if they like the wrap-ups are really good and the previews and all that sort of stuff. mm. But I think, um, yeah, I just think it it could go the next
0: step if we had the resource. If we had the yeah, if we had the resource and and the funding for that. But I mean, it's a football New South Wales run competition as well, so yeah, yeah. um, I don't know how how aware that sits but we've got TV, and it's so good so yeah. get around it alrighty so Catherine Cat uh, Joss on Twitter thoughts on the championship announcement um, and thanks for the pod appreciate hearing any Mariners news thanks uh, Thank Kat, you. much appreciated there so this is an interesting one um, a national second division has been proposed and about 30 clubs um, signalled their uh, intention to participate in that now what I'm hearing is the competition is set to start in February 2023 um, with the work to be completed by mid-next year to give p- clubs uh, sort of plenty of time to get ready for it. From the sounds of it, it's going to be uh, a 14-16 to 16 team competition um, with criteria for the clubs to enter yet to be finalised. Um, there may well actually be pro-rel between the 2nd Division and the MPL as well. Um, unsure yet if that's going to go ahead straight from the off. Um, but if uh, FA looks set to give it the approval once everything's set up and running, so... That's pretty exciting. Um, it's a massive announcement, uh, much needed. It's been in the talks for about three years now.
1: This whole national second division, and um, you know, a lot of these older clubs that were in the NSL making a comeback, which is great. I think um, a lot of newer clubs as well in there that were have only sort of been recently reformed or formed um, since the A League has started. They've um, been waiting to do this for fifteen years. I think yeah. a lot of I clubs. Th- think I do have one early criticism: is that the the slogan that they've used is "football as you know it," which oh, no. is obviously a dig <laughs> at the initial A League, which was uh, football, not, football, as, you not know as you know it. Oh, so God. I don't, I don't like that because that initially creates this, the division that you know <laughs> is it there or is it not? A very, <laughs> so a very,
2: uh, a very us against them <laughs> mentality. Yeah. And yeah. So
1: I don't, I don't like that, but I like everything else a better. I like. The structures that they've proposed, um, I you know I think they're still in, they're still working out whether it's going to be a national league or whether it will be in you know, a conference style, um, all that sort of stuff. So I think it is very exciting. They've already raised a hundred thousand dollars to uh, work on the modelling, um, and yet they you know they have to get approval from the FFA to be a sanctioned league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if I. In my opinion there needs to not be promotion relegation to the A League for probably the first year or two. Probably the first three years I'd think. Yeah, and yeah. then work work on that sort of later. The issue that we have is is that, you know, that slogan to me says that there's still quite a bit of division? Oh massively. Yeah. it um, sound disappointing. But yeah, th- and
0: there is amongst the punters that follow um NPL clubs 100%. as well.
1: 100%. If you go and ask a Sydney Croatia fan mm. um, what they think of the A-League. Yep.
0: Oh, I mean, do, oh Hakua fans or some gonna, George gonna Budapest fans. You're probably yeah. going to get a smack in the mouth.
1: So oh. um, you know and which to be honest is probably understandable. If <laughs> and the issue that we have is that we could potentially have a we could potentially have a reversal of what happened with the A-League. If this whole championship idea goes to the FFA and they don't get what they want, if they don't get they, what they want from the A-League, they could potentially break off and be their own league. They won't be sanctioned by the FFA, they won't be sanctioned by FIFA, but they could do their own thing.
0: Mm, like Clive Palmer tried to start up 100%. Um, all they, those years they ago. They could 100% yeah. go and do that. Speaking mm. of Clive Palmer, Gold Coast United are one of the clubs who've put their hand up. Of course, Clive... No longer own Sam, uh, but uh, Aidan Munford is there these days, so good on him. Mm. Uh, something you'll like, Benny, uh, Benny? Luke. Luke, that's your <laughs> name. <laughs> but your mate Benny Khan, his Olympic FC side from Brisbane. Shout out to Benny Khan. Have also put their hand up amongst uh, Marconi, Melbourne Knights, uh, Sydney Olympic, we've got, Sydney we've Croatia. Got, we've got two wolves. We've got Wollongong wolves, and what's the other wolves? That's uh, Wynnum wolves. Who the hell is that? Uh, they're from Wynnum. Wynnum. <laughs>
3: Where is that? That's <laughs> Brisbane. Near Brisbane, isn't it, it? Is it Brisbane? Isn't I it? thought it was Victoria. Oh, oh, could be go. wrong. Could be wrong. Yeah. There everyone you go. getting all their phones? And
2: the big, one, the big one in there, the big one is South Melbourne. Of course, it's R.P.
0: Leichhardt uh, yeah. is the big one there, of course. Um, South Hobart in there as well. Rockdale, Illenden. Il- Il- uh, Adelaide Metro Stars. Gun Brisbane Lions. So, yeah, there's a lot of clubs with a lot of history in there. Um, Hume City, our previous FFA Cup opponents are in there as well um so very exciting to see that take shape um over the next uh weeks and months
3: i love the concept but you're right luke no aggression get out of the aggression and i
1: look. don't I, I don't understand why they went with that tagline. well because as soon as you read that you go well that's a dig yeah and it's well, mm-hmm. what are we doing it's yeah. pretty obvious yeah. you yeah. don't yeah. devalue do other football that, fans i know that they've all been wronged mm. things probably weren't done the right way when they folded the nsl like i was. Probably too young to know all of the ins and outs, but if a new league all of a sudden came along and my club was all of a sudden Gonski didn't have the opportunity to do what it once did, I would also be quite annoyed.
3: They but have not been crapped on by A-League fans. They may have been crapped on by the governance yeah. and the A-League and the FFA yeah. and everybody else, but they, they have all, not been crapped on Frank by Lowy. the fans. That, we get it. We that get it. idea
2: get, that A-League fans are against Pro-Rail exactly. well because you follow an A-League club exactly. is just complete yeah. BS to so, me. It's so not true in the slightest. So less
3: aggression and less talk about pro-rel and more talk about making something that would be an intelligent place for pro-rel to actually work. Because I'm actually a supporter of it, Mm, but I hate the fact that that's the first conversation. Get a working championship. I think that the
2: majority of fans that follow the A-League are for pro-rel. I think it's a very small minority that would be against it, if there's any. Just to touch
0: on your point there, Moz, as well, I don't think the tagline is necessarily a dig... At the fans of A-League clubs I think it's a dig Definitely at the governance think, yeah. Of course yeah. And the way that the A-League Was marketed And the way that um, the, the old I, I hope so. NSL was shut down yeah. um, I, That's I the way I read it But yeah. it's
1: like It's I, Like I said I know A lot of those clubs Have been wronged Things have not been Done right um, The way the FFA Has been run Or Has You know Worked sort of Under David Gallup Etc He probably made a lot Of false promises I imagine To a lot of these clubs Um but at some point, you've got to let it all go and move on.
3: Wynnum uh, Wolves, Ting Galper. Just trying to figure out how close that is to, um, to Brizzy To Yeah, It's not mm-hmm. far. No, I think, So, I maybe got something right on this pod. First time for everyone.
0: <laughs> 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 no, well done, Moss. A uh, little ding. Cool. Well, to be
2: fair, Victory only just finished above us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the final question coming through was from Davey Yeoman. Uh, welcome back, boys. Davey Yeoman. Um, What are your thoughts about the supporters' trust? Uh, So we have touched on that as well. Thanks for your efforts. Thanks for your uh, your comment and your kind words, Davey. Much appreciated. Finally, it is time for our final wrap up, uh, final update, I should say, on the Coast Football Ramble tipping competition. And it's not situation normal at the top. Kale Morrow slipping at the <laughs> final hurdle. What are you doing? Our resident expert stats man, Kale, uh, fell to his old man in the end. It looks like he may have forgot to tip. Forgot possibly to tip. didn't tip. <laughs> He's got zero in the semi-final and zero in the grand final. And his old man has come through and got two in the semi-final and one in the grand final and won by three points in the end. Whacked him. So, Cale... yeah, jeez, that's that's embarrassing. You'd hate to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to SGM uh, for taking out the uh, tipping competition. Um, Moz will work you out a prize. I don't know what it is.
3: We have been talking about it. We'll figure something out, Steve.
0: I think it's a roll of toilet paper or something that we've got left over. We'll it's get it a dinner. We'll get it It's a autograph. dinner with Aaron Morrow. It's a dinner
1: with <laughs> Volunteer of the Year, <laughs> that's a Aaron Morrow. May, you may have heard of him. It's uh, the last <laughs> thing he
3: wants, mate. <laughs> yeah. Speaking Not of... black tie event. <laughs> speaking of... Aaron, can we can we get into the um, Look, stuff down let's, here What's Let's let's run like?
0: through the rest of the top ten while while we've Go got on. it in front of us. So uh, Benos seventy seven, finishing third. Please stop the Herter in fourth. Uh, Mamai Corona finished fifth. Uh, I think that's Hansie uh, finished sixth.
2: That's a four way tie. For Hardsy, 74 Hardsy, as well, Hardsy. I Hardsy yeah, yeah,
0: sorry, my glasses are horrible. Um, Aaron Mariner Our very own Aaron From the podcast You might know him him. Uh, Finishing 7th Davey Boy Hey there Davey Boy Uh, Finishing 8th Luke Gian Finishing ninth, And hashtag Heal the Mars I think that might be Marty Rayner Rounding out the top 10 there Uh, We had 64 people join us in the tipping competition, so thank you to all of us there. Um, Luke, you nearly finished 64th in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Tried hard. Uh, Ripping it up in 53rd position there. Uh, Our very own Phil James Jimmy finishing 42nd. Uh, I somehow managed to crack the top 30 in the end there, coming home strong, finishing 23rd. Uh, Josh here on 19th, and as we said, Aaron Morrow 7th as well. So I don't know if Moz gets a prize now. He doesn't get a prize for finishing top out of us my secret
3: Um, keep tipping
0: (laughs) (laughs) hear that Kale Kale Morrow just in case uh, you're listening (laughs) Kale Morrow uh, don't forget to tip cool um (laughs) Alrighty, before we wrap up, of course, we want to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone who's tuned in uh, week on week on the Coast Football Ramble podcast. Um, without you guys, it would just be well us. us like yelling into the void. Just yeah, I mean, it's been a tough season. There's been a lot of sort of repetition and sameness uh, going on out there, but um, thank you all for sticking by us. Um, we love you all very dearly. I yes, think we, we yeah we've 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 had uh, four seasons of the same material.
3: <laughs> And it's not good material. Um, we don't even have professionalism, uh, as I'll I was trying to say before. Sometimes
0: maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. shit yeah. <laughs> yeah. But look how uh,
3: we
1: lost this week. Oh, look how we lost again. Oh, we lost <laughs> again. Oh, we lost yes. again. Oh, we've got a win. Oh, yes. that's great. Maybe things are turning. Oh, we've lost again. Oh, we've lost again. Oh, we've lost again. <laughs> Yes. That's what it's been the last four seasons so how yeah. people are still listening to this I have no idea.
3: And not only are you listening but you keep sending us feedback and telling us you want to hear more of it and you like what you're mm-hmm. hearing you're yeah. like, I don't know what that is but whatever it is then thank you because yes muchly appreciated by everyone in this room and I know by Jimmy who's not in this room mm, definitely. Um, and uh, so yes thank you thank you thank you
2: We appreciate all the uh, compliments that we've been given and there's not been a lot of criticism which is which is really nice.
0: Keep the compliments rolling in absolutely, absolutely. I uh, feed off that.
2: And our Big shout. Shout out to Pete for subbing in for Phil, and you know, he Pete's the reason why this is happening, because he's uh, setting everything up, uh, everything sounds good, he's editing, so thanks for that Pete, for stepping up.
0: Pleasure. I love sitting at home with a with a glass of scotch and just, yeah, tearing into this, so, <laughs> and it's great to be in a room with you guys as well, um, and, and to be able to sit here and, and talk absolute bollocks. Also, I think, um, uh, big thanks to Sean. Yes.
1: yes for sure. um, Sean's yep. too generous with his uh, time that he gives us, uh, which is always, you know, sort of after bloody five o'clock when he's been here all day since uh, God knows when and he's always very honest very upfront uh, we can pretty much ask him whatever we want and he always gets some sort of an answer for us so um, big thanks to Sean and uh, all the guys how the many club. other
2: clubs in the league can say that their fan run podcast has the CEO Indeed. on so much just about yeah. every second week So that's yeah. a
3: reminder actually thanks to Dave Jordan too <coughs> for put, to say, yeah. uh, helping yep. us out with players along yes. the way and all sorts of times when uh, he's connected us up with what we needed so really appreciate that And, yeah. And, of course,
0: prior to that, thank you to Tyson Scott for for teeing everyone up. And thank you to everyone that's appeared on the podcast throughout the course of the year as well um, to to make everything a little bit more interesting. Mm. I think it's it's, it's exciting times ahead, though, because, I mean, we've
1: potentially in the next month maybe got news on new ownership, Mm -hmm. uh, the podcast with Mark from the Trust. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, you know, it's the off-season and we normally have quite a large break, but I guess maybe this... This off-season being uh, slightly shorter, hopefully, provided we have a league next season, uh, we might get at least maybe one pot in once a month or something with an update on news because
0: there's a fair bit going on. Mm. Definitely positive times ahead. All right, let's wrap this in pack. Let's get to the pub. Come on, let's go.
3: So what do we say? What is the thing that we say last, always? Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you all.
0: You guys are amazing. All right, that's it. Wrap it up. Love you, see you, Bye.
4: you don't stop believing oh oh
5: oh hello
0: 11th of September Frank Walker National Tiles